0: Coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, our season thoughts and projections. Trenton Biz with you today. We make our picks for week one Iowa, a 20 and a half point favorite. We'll get into that. The big game, Notre Dame on Ohio State, and our favorite pick of the week. And we talk about the Jackrabbits all coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Cotten, Jace Bisgard with me here today. Biz, as we get ready for it, want to say thank you to everybody out there for making Lockdown their first listen each and every day. It's game week. We made it. The long summer is over and it's football season as we flip the calendar to September. How you doing, Biz?
1: Doing well, you know. Trent, you said flipped the calendar September. September's off to a good start. Uh, my, my Mets continue to play really well, and uh, the annual tradition of Nebraska having a, a week zero uh, debacle has already uh, already happened. So things things are going well, and and I see we have a, another upgrade. You now have a bottom line scroll on this thing, Trent. It's yeah, fancier every week.
0: We're moving on up. Yeah, got the scroll. Got some point spreads on there. If you checking us out on the YouTube page and. If you do, make sure to click that subscribe button. I'm trying to get us over 1,000 subscribers by the time we get to Michigan game. That's the goal that I've set. We're a little over 700 right now. Very easy. Even if you don't plan on watching our mugs every week, just click the subscribe anyway. Help us out a little bit and get us over that 1,000 threshold. Yeah, we got the scroll here. Buckeyes, a 17.5-point favorite against Notre Dame. And I mentioned in the shows earlier this week, Biz, the Iowa point spread for this week. Offshore, it was open at 15 and a half. That was at five dimes. Here in the state of Iowa the first numbers have started to come out that you can bet legally as opposed to what we used to have to do uh, back in the day and the, the uh, offshore accounts bet rivers had it at 20 and a half I was surprised by that in fact I thought maybe it even opened up here in the state a tick lower Surprised to see that were nearly three touchdowns the Hawkeyes favored
1: yeah that, that seems odd Trent but Vegas must know something um you know they they they're you know they don't build the big buildings in Vegas' sir. Nothing, Trent. They obviously know something we don't, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. I had Stat Boy dig into the uh, history of uh, Iowa versus FCS opponents, and you'll see when we get into that history that uh, 20 and a half seems pretty high considering uh, times we played FCS opponents. So uh, I sure hope they know what they're talking about because it'd be be awful nice to have a uh, convincing, easy victory instead of the
0: jing up. Here later in the show, but before that, it's before the season and it's time to kind of lock us down where we anticipate this team is going to be what they're going to look like this season. So just an overview, some thoughts of where we are going into the season, some projections of where we are Biz, the floor is yours and and start things off just an overview of where we are as we get ready for the first
1: game. You know, as we were two days out, Trent, and by now you can usually, you know, the thing I've realized over the years is. Kirk Ferentz usually kind of tips his hand a little bit when it comes to his thoughts on the team and I think the last couple of weeks they have been mostly optimistic. They don't seem to be overly worried about the wide receiver situation which obviously I think you and I are both worried about that. But they seem to think there's some uh some diamonds in the rough there and hopefully hopefully they're right and hopefully Keegan Johnson's able to to get on the field a little bit too but I think the general vibe you get from the coaching staff and definitely from the players is that they really, really think this is a team that can be uh, be successful this year. So, uh, you know, who might argue with them, Trent, but that's, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, we've talked about it in the past. I, I, I don't think this is a 10 win team. I think the schedule is too hard for that, but I, the one thing Iowa has done significantly better the last four or five years is, is they haven't stubbed their toe in those early season games. Um, you know, really honestly, since the North Dakota State game, right. we've done a nice job of uh, taking care of business in September. And, you know, if this team's going to be good, they better take care of business in September this year because when the calendar flips to October, it's a pretty brutal schedule the rest of the way. So, you know, I'm, I, maybe this is my rose colored glasses, Trent, but as the season's gotten closer and closer, I think my optimism has is, is, is increased a little bit for this team. So I, I
0: find myself at times going that direction. I really like what you said there about what we've heard from Kirk. You're right. You have to read between the lines a little bit with Kirk, but you can tell there's times that he's annoyed or he's frustrated or he, he is concerned about this team. And that is certainly not the vibe that he gave out on Tuesday during the press conference. There was that quiet confidence that you get from time to time with him. You're right, the wide receiver group, it looks scary, but hey, we've seen guys built like an Alec Wick, like a Jack Johnson, go out there and be able to make plays for Iwin the past. And everything that I've heard during camp is Arlen Bruce has been an absolute star. He's made that jump this year. Keegan Johnson, whatever he can give them, I think is going to be any positive, probably throughout the month of September. If he can even give them, you know, 15, 20, 25 snaps a game, that'll be a positive realm. Laporta. He's good. Lachey. He's good. They're good at that spot. So the optimism is there. And you say it all the time Biz, and I completely agree. Ultimately in Phil Parker, we trust. Kirk Ferentz is certainly happy to win a 17, 13 game, 14, 13. If, if, If they got to ugly it up, you can rely so much on this defense that is going to be as deep as maybe they've ever been at the defensive line spot. A great linebacker crew, and they got the bodies in the defensive backfield. Where if they have to ugly it up and they're going to have to play a time of possession field position game, well, if there's one coach that you got to be confident that can do those kind and find a way to win games, it is Kirk Ferentz.
1: Well, I think not only in Phil we trust, but I think we're getting to the point where you can say the same thing about in Lavar we trust also. I, I just think. You know, I think the special teams will, you know, you look at this and most teams, you look at it, like you gotta come up with a new kicker. We lost the uh, kick returner slash punt returner of the year. You know, those are are major red flags. But I just think, you know, we'll find a way to make special teams a strength again. And and in general, the coaching staff, I I think it's a huge advantage that we didn't have any changes to our coaching staff. I just, when you look back over the years, you know, last year you were breaking in a new offensive line coach and, and that showed and, and, you know, hopefully year two with, with Barnett as the offensive line coach and you had a couple other tweaks and, and things like that. And, you know, I just think this year, I mean, there's a continuity matters for this program for in a variety of different ways and continuity with coaching staff, same thing. So, you know, I, I still have some major reservations about the offensive line. I'm still worried that that's going to be a weak spot. Um And you and I have talked about it in the past that, you know, we just haven't had that consistency of the offensive line year in and year out that you'd like to see from an Iowa football program. And so, but, you know, the rumors are this offensive line is really playing well and let's hope that uh, that shows itself 48 hours from now. Because again, I'm not, I'm not sold on the offensive line, but if, if, if they can, you know, South Dakota State is going to be a good test because that's the one area where we should truly dominate is in the trenches against them. They've got some some talent, but when you look at their D-line, they are small and undersized and, and losing a lot of people there. So if our O-line can't uh, can't push South Dakota State around, them, then you know, we're probably – I remember last year watching the Indiana game, we dominated Indiana. Mm-hmm. But I remember our good friend Lloyd halfway through the game kind of turned to me and said, we still can't run the ball. Yeah, and he was right. We just we struggled running the ball all year long. You know, that same thing. That's the main thing I'm looking for this week. Is is if we can't get at least 150 yards on South Dakota State, then then maybe I'll, my optimism will go out the window at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. And of course, the one remaining huge question, the biggest question, the most important position in sports is quarterback. And we've said our piece about Spencer Petras. I, I think people certainly are, are sick of me railing on him and what he is. He's a good kid. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. And I think there are too many parts of his game that you can't approve upon. I just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel that he is going to become you know, even a, a B type quarterback. Best case scenario. He'll be average. He'll be above average. I think that I can see from him. I would love to be proven wrong. I just don't see it. But with the better offensive line, with the tight end group that is healthy and putting up numbers with the running game, that is competent, maybe that is the light at the end of the tunnel that I have to bring my optimism for.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've always been, I've always defended Spencer a little more than you have, and I'll, I'll do it again today. I do think he has the opportunity to be a, a B type quarterback. Is he ever going to be a an A type quarterback? No, but I mean, with the arm strength and, and, you know, the fact that he's been here for three years, his general intelligence level, I mean, all those things, if, if, he gets time and he has an, you know his he's so tied in with the offensive line to me to me when I talk about the offensive line being good that's I'm really talking about Spencer Peters being good also because if the old line gives him time I, I'm, I'm fine with him he'll be all right but uh, as we've seen a he's not comfortable when the pocket collapses mm-hmm. and B he's not gonna go off script and so you know if you can give him two and a half seconds in the pocket to, to make a decision and and gets a second and third grade, he'll be all right. So is he going to be a superstar? No, but I think he can be that BB plus quarterback if if everything goes well. And if, you know, as we have seen in the past, if Iowa has a BB plus quarterback, they're probably going to have a really good year. So uh, finish up with uh, season
0: predictions. I did this on my radio show earlier in the week, and I was surprised because I hadn't done it at that level. W did L'd it, went through it. I ended it at seven and five. And I was kind of surprised. I thought I'd be more in the 8-4, and four, maybe even 9-3 and three range. But first of all, the teams that they've struggled with. Wisconsin, yeah, you get them at home. And I don't think the Badgers are going to be break, great, but got to see it against them. Purdue, we know about the deficiencies. And the other part is, are they just going to continue to win against Iowa State, Minnesota, and Nebraska in perpetuity? Now, there's going to be a year that they're going to lose one of those games. And by the way, you still have Ohio State and Michigan on that schedule. And that's... That's how I ultimately ended up at 7 and 5. I think the Illinois road test, the way that it's sandwiched in between the Michigan and Ohio State games, that becomes a more difficult game and we know Bielema has got that program certainly heading in the right direction. I ended up at 7 and 5. Where are you prediction-wise with this team?
1: Yeah, give me 8 and 4. I think we'll start 4-0. I think we will have a good September, but then you look at from October 1 on, you know, you could legitimate make a legitimate argument that we could win any of those eight games. Probably not the at Ohio State, but the other the other seven you can make a strong argument that we got a chance to win them. But on the flip side, you can make a legitimate argument we could lose all of them. So to me, the uh the easy opt out there, Trent, is just go four and four over those right. last eight. So give me eight and four. But like I said, I'll I'll reserve if if the offensive line is as good as some people are claiming it's gonna be, if the offensive line takes a jump, then uh I think eight and four could be low. But uh, again, I got to see it to believe
0: it. Well, eight, uh, seven and a half is the number. Currently, if the over-under on the team, so Biz would be on the over, I'd be on the under, but I think it shows you. Vegas, they came up with a pretty good number for this year's Hawkeyes. With that, we're going to continue our conversation, a breakdown of the Jackrabbit step boy He's got some numbers for us this week and we'll make our picks before we get pro and college football and all your betting needs and the sports information for this season. You can find all the latest league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this week's games and the opening lines. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Betonline where the game starts. Biz, we jump from our season predictions and we go next to the opponent coming up this week. South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, won the 2020 National Championship at the FCS level in the spring season, the shortened season that they had that year. They've been in the semifinals five of the six years. This is not North Dakota State, but this is about as close to North Dakota State as you're going to find at the FCS level.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know it's always interesting. The first game of the year, you always get to a point where you think, uh, I don't know about you, at least every, every year, I think I, I taught myself into at one point a week before the game that we're going to blow out the opponent. And then at some point during the week, I taught myself into, man, we're going to lose this game. Right. So, you know, I, I remember uh, Wyoming a few years back with Josh Allen mm-hmm. being incredibly scared and being like, man, we're uh, we're in deep trouble here. And I remember even was Illinois State a few years yes. back, they came in ranked in the top 10. And it was a year where you know, I remember thinking the same thing, like, man, we, we could be, be in trouble here as well. So, you know, the good news is because of that connection, because they are so similar to North Dakota State and because they have always had such good success, I think the odds of us overlooking them are, are absolutely zero. I think we'll come out ready to play. I think we will. Uh, you know, if they beat us, it's because. You know, I mean, obviously, we can you never know. Week one, you can always go shoot yourself in the foot. Right. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, I mean, we should have a huge advantage in both trenches. Um, you know, they've got some definite skill position talent, um, but they've lost, I think, three offensive linemen. They've lost three defensive linemen. They've lost, I think, three or four people in their secondary. Um, you know, they're they're a really good South, they're a really good FCS team. They're not what North Dakota State was. I mean, North Dakota State was an absolute juggernaut and, and still has been a juggernaut. But, you know, when we lost to them in in, in 16, I mean, they had won, what, three straight titles and, and had like 18 guys coming back. So, I mean, can we lose? Absolutely. Will we lose? We better not. <laughs> so uh, you
0: mentioned Stat Boy. He's got some numbers for it, and I think you bring up a good point. You now, their quarterback who won that national championship tore his ACL in that championship game, was out last year. They brought in a grad transfer that got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he's still coming off an ACL injury, you know, where he's going to be. I think both the offensive and defensive line deficiencies and the losses that South Dakota State had certainly gives us a big-time advantage there. There might be a hairy moment. I I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden we look up and, you know, it's the beginning of the second quarter and I was down 7-3 and there's some grumbling in the crowd, but I think ultimately this is going to be one where I would does pull away and get it. We'll get to our picks a little bit later, but Stat boy did a little information. What did he come up with this week? As we look back at the FCS games.
1: Well, first, before we get into the, the info, we got to give you a, give our, our listeners a stat boy update. He, uh, he's got a new job That's that he right. started last week and he's coaching or helping coach not one, but two fall softball teams. So I was a little worried that he made announce his retirement from the, uh, <laughs> the podcast trip, but he, uh, he, he's willing to continue helping out. So, uh, you know, and not only does he help out, but he, he obviously in true stat boy form, he goes above and beyond. So I tried to keep it easy for him and just have him get me the general info on Iowa versus FCS opponents, but he, uh, he took it a step farther. So we'll, we'll talk about the FCS opponents first, and then we'll get into Iowa versus the, uh, our neighbors, the neighbors from South Dakota. So. So let's start with FCS, Trent. I, I didn't realize, what's your guess as to when the first year was that Iowa played an FCS opponent?
0: So FCS, after they made the change from 1AA to FCS, or are we going back in time no, when no, it was no, 1AA? AA
1: or FCS, either one.
0: Well, I remember they played, didn't they play Drake in 85?
1: Yeah, but I don't think they were even a one I mean, they were like I, a...
0: Something different I don't think they, at I that think, time.
1: I'm not sure they even qualify as an FCI. They're not even a scholarship school, are they?
0: Yeah, they're they're not. And I think maybe at that time in '85 they were before they went non-scholarship. But I don't know. You got you got to help me out on this one because yeah, all the g- different changes and how different kind of the structure of college football
1: is. It was a decade later, 1995. We played you and I, and before that, Trent. It was kind of the uh, like you said, the structure of college football changed. You look at the three years before that. Iowa played some legit non-conference opponents. In the three years before that, we played North Carolina State, Miami, Colorado, Oregon. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, the the world changed a little bit. And and all of a sudden, uh, you quit having all these fun non-conference opponents. So uh, from 1995 on, we have played, this will be our 13th FCS game. So we've played 12 FCS opponents in the last 27 years. Mm -hmm. So about one every other year. Um, there's obviously the two famous games, uh, the UNI nail-biter at '09 9 with the two blocked kicks and the loss at North Dakota State in uh, 2016. But uh, the other 10, not so famous. You ready to break down the uh, amount of our wins in the other 10 games?
0: Well, so I'm going to guess kind of thinking back. Of course, there's going to be a bunch of and I games in here. You mentioned the Illinois State game, and I'm trying to rack my brain a little bit more. I think of some of the other FCS opponents that come in, probably not a whole lot of variety
1: we've had montana, I think montana and montana state in yeah. there we've had, you know but uh yeah mostly it's you and i i think it's about half you and i half others but uh, uh so here's the breakdown trent the other 10 wins i mean we're 11 and 1 total against them with the you and i nailbiter being one of the wins the other 10 we've won by 21 66 24 34 43, 27, 11, 14, 8, 24, and 17. So the interesting thing when you add in the UNI nail biter and the North Dakota state loss, the last seven times we've played FCS opponents, we've only won by 20 or more one time. So when you're talking about that 20 and a half point spread, Trent, uh, it seems too, too, uh, too obvious of a bet. uh, So like I said, Vegas must know something. It seems to me (laughs) that 20 and a half is about a touchdown too high.
0: I'm going to uh, have to take a a peek here before we make our picks and see if that point spread has come down at all uh, since it was released this morning. But uh, interesting notes there. And as you're kind of going through some of those games, with the 66 point win, I'm trying, who was that against? Was that against, was that the Tavian Banks game?
1: No, I think it was you and I, I can pull it up here. Stat boys sent me the info. I don't jot it all down very well, but the, I'm sure we can talk stat boy into sending the full list out on, on Twitter. after.
0: Yes. We'll make sure uh, we have uh, stat boy do that. And you can kind of peruse and look back at, at some of the memories of C- FCS and, right. and the big victories. Well, hold on. I found it. So okay. we'll go
1: through real quick. Here, here's your opponents, Trent. The U- you and I was 66, zero. Mm-hmm. So the first three times we play it's you and I three times and then Montana, then the legendary game against Maine. And then you get the you and I one point nail biter and then, Quite possibly the worst opponent I was ever played, Tennessee Tech. Oh, yeah, the rain game. How do we, how do we play Tennessee Tech? <laughs> that's a, that's an embarrassment. And then you get you and I again, Missouri State. You and I, the North Dakota State loss. You and I, and then Illinois State. So uh, there's there, there's your uh, your summary. So a lot of you and I's in there with a, a random mix of, uh, and including the legendary Tennessee Tech game.
0: Can, if we're gonna play somebody bad from the FCS can't we just play bad ones I'd rather have a Tennessee Tech than South Dakota State or North Dakota State personally
1: I used to think that way I actually I kind of like that we're playing South Dakota State to be honest with you like you know you could do what Iowa State's playing what they're playing some direct yeah. Missouri. I mean you're not gonna get anything out of that game. Right. I, I don't know I feel like last year playing Indiana to start the year, Really catapulted us to that's mm-hmm. a good start. I mean, we and, and some national attention. So, you know, should we have played North Dakota State six years ago? No, but uh, I don't know. I, I, part of me says, that, you know, I, to me, South Dakota State is very similar to you and I. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're a really good FCS team. They're not a juggernaut like like North Dakota State is. So, I don't take care of business. If we're if we're the type of team that we think we can potentially be. You should beat this team by double digits. And so, you know, that's that's the other the other side of what stat boy got me, Trent. You know, I just read you the list. We've obviously never played South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. But in true stat boy fashion, Trent, there was a two-decade stretch where we, we played the University of South Dakota pretty much constantly. You want you want to guess when that <laughs> two decades was?
0: I'm gonna say this was probably back in the 1920s.
1: Yeah, good guess. No, from 1917 to 1940 we played them uh eight times uh-huh. including uh five times between 1934 and 1940. you want to hear the uh the scores of those uh, those contests
0: well let's see we're going back and we're getting to the Iron Man team of course the Nile Kinnick team here I'm gonna guess there was like some 77 nothings in there or something
1: yeah as I say there's some good Iowa teams in there and, and obviously some some not very good South Dakota teams so <laughs> here's your breakdown starting in 1917 we beat them 35 to 0 26 to 13 and that's that's the aberration there that 13 points as you'll hear was was rare the last six games were 19 0 34 to 0 47 to 2 (laughs) 33 to 7 41 to 0 and 46 to 0 so uh total score 281 to 22 so uh the state of South Dakota has not has not fared very well against <laughs> Iowa over the years, so uh, they're looking for some payback come Saturday.
0: I'm looking for one of those, what, well, forty-three-two. That's what that's what I'm looking for Saturday. That'd be fun. Yeah, I
1: don't I don't think that's going to happen. If, <laughs> if that happens, Trent, uh, first of all, Vegas was right. Yeah. Second of all, uh, you and I were probably wrong on on what our uh, our, our predictions are. Maybe we are looking at a ten. Ten-win team. If we can beat South Dakota by forty, let's let's
0: let's hope that's the case. Well, speaking of that number, we're going to do that when we continue a look at the point spreads this week, presented by Bet Online. Our picks for the week. Each and every week, we'll pick the Iowa game, the Big National game of the week, and our best bet of the week. That's as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, Biz. Final time as we wrap things up and time to make our picks for this week. Of course, our old podcast, it was the Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast. Now we got our Degenerate Picks for the week presented by Bet Online. Let's get into it here, Biz, and our national game this week. It is the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. That'll be at the Horseshoe. 17 and a half is the number there. Iowa currently favored by 20 and a half here in the state of Iowa over South Dakota State, and then whatever we want for the final. Let's kick things off with the Iowa game, 20 and a half. I've already tipped my hand here. I have grabbed it. In fact, when I saw that point spread here this morning, I jumped on it right away. Give me the Jackrabbits 20 in the hook.
1: Trent. Always scary to say it, but but I agree. So, uh, I just, 20 and a half just seems too much. I just think sometimes with these FCS, the FCS spreads, they're, they're guessing a little bit. And I think Mm -hmm. they're guessing too high on this one. So it's one of those Trent where we agree, but we'd be happy to be wrong on this one. So, uh, if, if the Hawks win, it's a win-win situation. If the Hawks win by 14, uh, maybe you and I win a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. If they win by 24, we're, you know, we're never going to complain about the Hawks uh, dominating the game. So
0: An emotional before, we go on,
1: Trent, before we go to the uh, game of the week, I, I you forgot to tell our uh, listeners, uh, w- what's the standings after last week?
0: After last week? What are you talking about? We didn't do picks last week. We
1: did too. Oh, I, we did?
0: I picked the winner and you picked the loser. Uh, what did we I don't even remember. I got a lot I going on in
1: Nebraska. my mind. I picked Northwestern over Nebraska, and you picked some ridiculous New Mexico State pick. Over oh, Nevada. yeah.
0: What a ripoff that game was, too. Yeah, that, that was lock of the year. Jerry Kills playing the wrong quarterback for two and a half quarters. He finally puts his back up in. After five turnovers, they come roaring back, and then a backdoor cover out of Nevada. Oh, that, that was a ripoff. And guess what? I'm on Kills boys again tonight against the Gophers.
1: Just, just make sure, Trent. Just you know, I want to make sure that everybody knows. I'm 1 and 0 and you're 0 no, 1. No, that
0: was unofficial. We we do it with 100%. our 3 picks a week. 3 picks a week. That that's this starts this week. If I would have won last week, yeah, we would have started last week. All right. So, uh, all right, I'll give you credit. You're 1 and 0. I'm 0 and 1 on the season. If it comes down to a tiebreaker at the end, Week 0, you'll get the win. How about that?
1: Well, if you if you just keep betting Jerry Kill, if you if you ride the New Mexico State train, I'm sure the Aggie train will, I'm sure uh, do you well as the year goes on, Trent.
0: Who do you like Notre Dame getting seventeen and a half at Columbus Marcus Freeman, of course a former Buckeye taking over his first regular season game he did coach in the bowl game last year in the festival against uh Oklahoma State, but it's a huge number to me it almost feels like a trap which way are you lean in Buckeyes and the Irish?
1: yeah, I don't like either side to be honest with yeah seventeen and a half seems too high, but uh you know I don't I have a lot of confidence and i think it'll be a game where i think marcus freeman will, will keep it competitive for a while the one the only thing i feel confident about is that ohio state will put up a lot of points mm-hmm. they always do so uh, i think notre dame will keep it close enough that uh you know, i think it'll be a little bit of a shootout i think ohio state will put up at least 40 which means notre dame's just got to get to 20 to uh, cover it or get or the over the over is 59 trent so uh, give me the over
0: Going with the over, I'm going to lay it with the Buckeyes here, 17-and-a-half. I think this is a team that is just locked in, ready to go. And Notre Dame, they are not the fifth-best team in the country. A brand-new quarterback going into the Horseshoe. Biz, we've been to that building. It is loud. It is going to be a raucous environment there. I just don't like the way this is setting up for Notre Dame. And when the Buckeyes get rolling, we know what they can do offensively. I just think they are going to win this thing pretty handily. I could see 34-7. 38-10, something in that range. I really have some concerns and some questions about uh, Notre Dame offensively. So we're on the opposite side, uh, certainly, as it pertains to the total. But my pick is the Buckeyes and laying the points.
1: I just don't. I don't see any way Ohio State holds someone to seven or ten points. But maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't. I mean, I don't know. You've seen those Ohio like the Oregon game last year. Oregon, yeah, that's a good one. Just Came out and, and just pushed them around. You helped the defense, and maybe they will be. Down the road, they've got a new defensive coordinator, but uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I could be totally wrong, but I think both teams will put some points up on the board.
0: Yeah, I like Jim Knowles. I'm with you, but one thing I did find uh, doing a little research, Jim Knowles' teams usually make a big leap in his second year as defensive coordinator. That first year has been some growing pains at a couple of his last stops, so uh, an interesting angle on that one. Wrapping up with our best bet of the week, where are you going this week, Biz?
1: i wavered back and forth i really wanted to take oregon actually i I think that spreads way too high but i talked myself out of it because i'm like i've learned over the years you never bet against alabama and i think Georgia is kind of getting into that category as well um so so that was my initial pick but i ended up changing my mind trent i'm gonna go with a, a team that's done me very well the last few years give me arkansas minus six for for multiple reasons one I just think they're a team that's that's on the uptick. I think they're going to have a really good year Two, I think Cincinnati is just not going to be that good of a team. Mm-hmm. They lost a lot. I, mean, I think this is a, a game where Cincinnati doesn't go to the the playoff last year. This is probably a, a double digit, a, a double digit point spread. I think minus six is just too low. And, and third, I just wanted to do it for, for our, our, our favorite listener, Arkansas Alley. I, I wanted to, start with a, a woo pig suey for her <laughs> so uh but give give me the razorbacks i love coach pittman i think they're a, a team that uh like i said i think they're gonna continue to get better every year he, he just i like him as a coach i think he, he just does an excellent job of, and they'll be ready to roll i don't think they're gonna they're certainly not gonna overlook cincinnati and <laughs> i think they'll win by uh, double digits so well Give
0: me the Razorbacks, minus six. Woo pig Suey. And I hate to do it. Guess what I had down for my pick of the week? Arkansas. Arkansas.
1: There you go. Oh boy, there's the official kiss. Of
0: <laughs> yeah. D- d- double kiss it's of death, death this week as we are both on the Razorbacks. Apologies to Arkansas Alley. I did have one other game, but it, it was way down the line, and, and I didn't like it enough to do it. Yeah, I just kept going back to that. And that line, certainly, as it sit under a touchdown. I have seen, though, a couple of shops, it has got up to seven. So keep an eye on that. Do your shopping. Uh, our friends at Circa, they always say, shop around, find that best number, and that's what you're going to be doing. So I would say, seeing the way that that thing is trending, if you're like us and you want to bet Arkansas, do it now because it's probably going to get to a touchdown and maybe even seven and a half uh, by the time kickoff comes around.
1: If it gets to seven and a half, that'd be really crazy. You don't see many spreads mm-hmm. start at four and get above a touchdown. Right. A lot of movement you're this gonna, week. They'll push it up towards a touchdown, but uh, so. Well, that, 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 well, Trent, it's uh, officially kiss and of death to start the year. I can only uh, let, let's hope uh, let's let's hope we're both right for once.
0: Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. We've seen that certainly in the past. Thanks again for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. And again, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Locked On Hawkeyes. Now, for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview Twenty Twenty Two. It's an eight-episode extravaganza that's going to get you ready for the NFL season. Local team experts from Locked On and the network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Biz. Wrapping things up here with you. You'll be at Kinnick Stadium. It'll be my first home opener. I missed, and I don't know how long. Got some family stuff going on this weekend, but I'll be back in Kinnick for the Iowa State game in week two. So make sure. And week one, got to pace yourself a little bit, even with the eleven o'clock kickoff. Yeah, people get a little too excited sometimes at our tailgate.
1: Yeah, I'm not too. i, I you know, I, I have that one tailgate a year, Trent, where I don't pace myself. It's yeah. not going to be the South Coast. Okay, game. I Good. think I think I'll be okay for the eleven a.m. kickoff. Plus. I've got multiple kids coming with
0: me. Okay, so That slows I, you down a little I, bit.
1: I get fully irresponsible once a year, but it's it's not when my kids are around. So I'll I'll be I'll be a responsible dad and a uh, a safe tailgater for just just for you. I'll have I'll have a couple Trent, but uh, nothing, nothing irresponsible.
0: So. Well, we will recap things next week. We'll get ready for the Iowa State matchup, and we'll get our chance to see the black and gold on the field at Kinnick Stadium. Looking forward to it. Coming up uh, tomorrow, LaShawn Daniels, he'll be back with me for the Friday edition of the Locked On Podcast. For Biz, I'm Trent. Thanks for watching. We'll be back with you again next week. Go Hawks.